Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet podcast, the podcast where, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, Charlie. It's it's just you and me today. Uh, I'm just kind of I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna phone this one in. <laughs> yeah. Dylan's not here, so none of us want I, to try. I don't know who I'm trying to impress anymore. I really don't. <laughs> Um, oh, anyway, it, it was uh, Dylan, but with him gone, there's no need to impress anyone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well. Um, anyway, uh, recently, uh, got some things to talk about today. Um, conventions that have happened, conventions that are about to happen, and just other general nonsense. Um, so I guess we'll start off with, uh, New York Comic Con, uh, which took place, uh, the weekend that we recorded this. And, uh, you know, it's really weird. A lot of these conventions where you used to get, to get a lot of news, mm-hmm. this year, you know, there's just not been a lot of, you know, world-shaking announcements. You know, it's, it's really more um, things that, if you already knew about... Um, you're kind of following it anyway. Um, yeah, that's just going through some of the news, uh, the headlines. I got that same impression. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it was things like um, they revealed uh, gameplay footage of Nova and Phoenix Wright for Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom 3, which uh, Phoenix Wright just looks absolutely ridiculous in both a literal, uh, you know, bad and good sense. Because <laughs> if you watch the video uh, of of his quote unquote reveal, even though you know as soon as the the game was announced, like twenty minutes later, we knew who all the new characters were. Um, just actually watching him in action because I, I think we said this on the podcast a while ago when they when they did first make that announcement. Mm-hmm. I think it was at the San Diego Comic Con uh, when they announced it, um, and and they released a list of who all was was going to be in the game. I said, you know, Phoenix Wright. It's one of those, you know, it's it's a fan service thing, and like you know, that I would have had rather have had you know like Jury or. Cammy or you know some other traditional fighting game character in there mm-hmm. um but phoenix Wright was sort of fan choice and i'm like you know he, he doesn't even fight but <laughs> in the trailer you know he does stuff like uh you know he's throwing court documents at you and uh oh my he's, god he has, a, he has a special move where he has to search around for clues and once he gets all the clues he goes into like this uh you know, like final beefed up form and um, <laughs> like just to the music that plays in the game when, you know, you're about to, uh, you know, win the case. And, oh, wow. Yeah, it's it's really amazing. And uh, then he can use his, his level three hyper combo, which is, uh, you know, basically uh, just him, you know, saying, oh, yeah, you were the one who did the crime. And then, you know, they take a lot of damage it's it's just so fucking ridiculous wow. but it's like be a lot of fun is the thing like um i'm sitting there trying to think of you know who i would pair him with and you know trying to come up with some some ways to make him work and uh i, I really hate to say it because i was just like yeah I, d- I don't want him in the game 
you know, I don't want him or Nova's another character I didn't really want in the game because he's a Marvel character that I know nothing about. Yeah, suspiciously like Cap- uh, Captain Falcon. Yeah, he's it's he, like him too. From judging from the trailer, he's yeah. got like a falcon punch and a falcon kick, and that's oh. really pretty much all I'm gonna do during the whole game. Is is you know, if if I ever play as Nova or play against Nova, I'm just gonna start yelling falcon punch. And does he yell that, or does he yell Nova punch? I wish he would. I wish he would, but I don't think he's going to. Wow! Just Marvel, Marvel wants to treat those characters seriously. I'm, I'm guessing so that they can drum up interest in the characters and make more movies. That doesn't make sense to me, if only because Marvel's got a million characters, and most of them are more, more interesting than Nova. All of them are more interesting than Nova or Rocket Raccoon, but they're both in that game. Um, there's actually uh, one. Well, while we're on the topic of Ultimate Marvel versus Capcom Three, um, there's actually a background that was revealed in the trailers, um, which is a throwback to an old X-Men cover, uh, "The Days of Future Past." Really? Yeah. And on the original cover of the comic book, you know, it has various characters from uh, the X-Men universe, and they've all been slain or apprehended, and they actually have a, a set of posters in the background of the stage but instead of the the characters that were on the cover it's mm-hmm. characters from marvel versus capcom 2 who aren't in the game huh and some of them were slain some of them are apprehended but there's one that doesn't have that doesn't have slain or apprehended and it's mega man and mega man's the character that you know fanboys are all up in arms about you know saying that capcom hates mega man because the creator left to do his own thing and yeah. capcom pulled the plug on uh mega man legends 3 and mega man universe and no one quite knows why um not sure if it was just because you know the creator was working on those games and they didn't want to have they didn't want him working on the games if he wasn't with capcom for whatever mm-hmm. reason. i i don't know how if there's any truth to that or if the game just wasn't what, what it was supposed to be or, or what was going on with that. But in any case, um, there's like this Mega Man conspiracy theory now that Capcom is just trying to, to brush Mega Man under the rug because, you know, the creator left, which is kind of stupid because, you know, he's he's still a popular character, obviously, you know, from all the outrage. And... You know, it's not as if there aren't two other Mega Man characters in the game. I mean, granted, they're yeah. not Mega Man, but, you know, frankly, you know, compared to, you know, Zero, Mega Man sucks. And I like Mega Man, but, <laughs> I mean, fuck Mega Man if it's a choice between him or Zero. I'll take it for every day. Um, sorry, Mega Man fans, you can all eat a dick. I don't care anymore. Um, wow. Well, I, I've I've been a little turned off by by the way that they've handled it. Yeah. Because uh, I've seen, uh, you know, just YouTube comments, stream comments. Um, you know, it's it's one thing to to let Capcom know that hey, you know, I, I want you know this game to come out. Mm-hmm. It's another one, just like at every opportunity, every time anything happens about anything else. You know, it's like, hey, where's Mega Man? <laughs> oh, uh, they're streaming, uh, you know, Street Fighter Cross Second. Where's Mega Man? Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three. Uh, you know, 
He doesn't need to be in that game. Does there need to be a new Mega Man game? Yes, but it needs to be done right. And they, unfortunately, Capcom ran that franchise into the ground, and they have to do something special to build it back up. And I know that a 3DS game was was the answer to that. Yeah. I really don't, but... Hmm. Anyway, I think I think if Mega Man Legends fans really want another game, they should demand that be on like PS3 and 360 as like a downloadable game, or you know, if not a full disc release, they should they should want a little bit more than a 3D than than a game on a handheld system that nobody bought because it's too damn expensive, and uh, it's just an older you know handheld with a new gimmick that nobody likes. Yeah, I, I have to completely agree on that. That's just there are a lot of those classic franchises and we've had this discussion before so i won't belabor it but um there's a lot of those classic franchises that they are i think they're so tied to the style of gameplay that they had back in the 80s that updating it just trying to update it just doesn't work i mean there are a few that 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 have managed to do that regardless uh mario brothers that kind of or uh zelda those kind of things but stuff to me like Mega Man and and um, Castlevania, those, I, I I think they are stuck to their roots, and I and I think downloadable games is probably the way to go. I I agree, and in the case of, of Mega Man Legends Three, it's one of those things where it's kind of an uh, it has a very dedicated but very small fan base, you know, comparatively mm-hmm. speaking. I mean. That was another one of those things that the reason they even gave it a shot at all was, you know, it was it was you know fan demand for so many years. But yeah, again, you know, that's one of those things where, you know, I I, I would you know when I first heard, it, I was like, 3ds, no, I'm not gonna play it. I'm <laughs> not gonna do it. It's on 3ds. I don't give a shit. You know. Yeah, that's the, the no. 3ds right now can eat a dick. Yeah, I mean it's it's gonna take more than you know, 3D ports of N64 games that I stopped caring about 10 years ago, you know, to to make me interested. I'd be more interested on, you know, N64 games on my uh, on my Wii. But, it, you know. but uh, that goes back to the exact same argument. Those, rather than porting games, like I mean, downloadable content, you may as well. Yeah, I, I'm more of a fan of, you know, if you're going to re-release a game, you know, give it something that it didn't have before. Yeah. Um, you know, like online play. Like, I, I almost think that if you're going to re-release a game, it should be mandatory that um, you have a corrected 16 by 9 aspect ratio where everything looks the same, but you get a little bit wider field of vision. You know, mm-hmm. you don't distort it, you don't stretch it out. And uh, there should be online play if it had any sort of multiplayer at all. Like the, those two things need, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you necessarily upgrade the graphics or not. Yeah. Um. But but those two things, if you're going to re-release a game, you should do that. You shouldn't just do like a straight port where I'm just playing the same game, but I'm paying twenty. Yeah, you know, I'm paying ten or twenty dollars um, to play that game again on my new system because you know that that game isn't worth fifteen dollars or ten dollars you know as it was you know it's worth five dollars as it was you know make me make me pay for those uh extra features like uh capcom did or has been doing with some of their re-releases of fighting games that's a good point i mean they really um it's hard to expect i I think it's kind of hard to expect somebody 
to pay more for the game than you could go out and buy the cartridge if you could find it. Yeah. Um. So, uh, and, and you know, we—I I don't claim to know a lot about you know the business side behind it, but I can guarantee that you know the cost benefit of you know selling it for five dollars if you're just going to do a straight port over. It's not like you're having to you know reinvent the wheel there you know the the basic thing is already there you're just having to you know do a few uh, i understand it's not necessarily simple but you know if you yeah but how things I mean, that are relatively speaking you know to someone who knows how easy to to fix and port over and you know put up on the service and if it was a popular game it'll sell so if there are any game developers out there that would like to explain to us why we're being stupid, uh, yeah, feel free to email us at – what's our email address? Podcast at chainsellbuffet.com. Yeah, you can feel free to tell me stupid why why we're stupid, why I think I shouldn't have to pay more than five – you know, any more than $5 for yeah. you know, a 10, 15-year-old game that you're just porting over and not giving me any extra features or any yeah. you know, online content or anything like that. Because there, there may be perfectly good reasons. So if you know them – let us know. Yeah, because because I honestly think that you know paying eight dollars for or twelve dollars or however much it is for like a N sixty four or Super NES game on the Wii store is a ripoff. It's 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 a little it's a little steep. Yeah, little steep. What else? Uh, what else from Comic Con has caught your eye? Uh... Uh... This is this just isn't. It doesn't seem like it is. San, it's not San Diego Comic Con. It's you don't. I don't. It, it feels to me like you're not getting the level of news and re, and releases and stuff. That well, the problem is that it happens in the fall, and yeah. you know, it the San Diego San Diego Comic Con seems to be a little bit more tied to like your summer blockbuster kind of thing. True. And this one is usually more, you know. Um, Stuff has happened, and uh, here's where we're at right now. Um, Funimation announced uh, a deal with uh, NikoNiko.com uh, for their streaming and stuff. So they're they're looking to buff up their their streaming services. But hmm. what that means exactly, because I'm not very familiar with NikoNiko, and I don't watch a lot of, of simulcast streams or anything like that. Um, I yeah. tend to wait until they're dubbed, but that's that's my hang up. Um that's that's curious because I mean they were doing because um, it was Funimation that was already doing the simulcast stuff on Hulu. Yeah. So But I I I haven't read a lot into it, so I don't know what exactly that they're expecting yeah. to gain out of it, but yeah, me neither. Because I, I didn't hear about Nico Nico until um, AWA. Yeah, until AWA. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, it's. It, I mean, I guess Funimation gets something out of it. I just don't know what it is because they obviously have. Well, okay, maybe I'm being stupid again. It just seems like they have better brand recognition than uh, than Nico Nico. Yeah, when when they when they said it was going to be a big announcement, I was like, oh, really? That's it? Yeah. <laughs> For like you know, Blu-ray re-release of uh, Evangelion, but you know whatever. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. What 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 else is going on with the New York Comic Con? I, you know, I again, it depends on what you're into. I mean, 
there's yeah. stuff about Adventure Time, mm-hmm. uh, Vocaloids. Um, I'm sure somewhere in there there's something about comics, but um, oddly enough, because I'm I was looking through the headlines via um, IGN's website. Yeah, and I am. Like it seems to me, it I don't know. I'm I'm just scanning through it, but it seems to be skewing heavily on the comic books and very little of interest. You 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 apparently are looking at a news feed with much more interesting stuff because I didn't see anything about Adventure Time. I didn't see anything about Funimation. Um, well, I'm you, looking you, at uh, MTV as much oh. as I'm ashamed to say it. Uh, their their MTV Geek thing has a pretty comprehensive. Uh, mm-hmm listing of of a lot of the things that went on and uh the Funimation thing i got from twitter um okay yeah but, this, there's uh, doesn't seem to be a whole lot uh comic-con is one of those things that apparently uh especially the new york comic-con it's way more interesting to go to than it is to talk about well but that's most conventions and then i mean yeah, whatever. The only thing that I that I found going through IGN's coverage was um, they had a panel for Transformers Prime, and we're talking about. Um, well, I read some spoilers because I didn't get to see the 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 four part season finale, mm-hmm. but they were talking about the what's going to be in the second season. So uh, the spoilers were actually as interesting as what they were talking about going to happen. Um, that apparently uh, Optimus Prime has amnesia and is now running with the Decepticons. Fun. Because uh, in, in the last four episodes, they're trying, I guess they're trying to keep Unicron from reawakening. Um, and apparently one of the revelations is that the Earth itself formed around Unicron. Huh. So Unicron is the Earth. Weird. Yeah. Um, and they're going to add some new characters in the next season. I, that was kind of cool, but I didn't, I didn't see much else in the coverage. That, that's kind of curious that they would have Unicron actually be the earth because it seems like you can't not have Unicron show up. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm not, I saw like, again, they've already finished the season. I didn't see exactly how they did it, but I got to see the trailers or the commercials and they definitely had, um, I don't. I guess they were. I don't. I don't know what they were supposed to be. Um, because I. Because I guess the, what I. What I took was happening was they're trying to keep Unicron from waking up, but there are these giant things that look kind of like Unicron, that they are fighting. That they. They're huge. They're not as big as Unicron, obviously, but you know they're the easily the size of, of a fairly large building. Um. But since I hadn't seen the episodes yet, because. They changed the time on me, and I started missing a lot of them. But, but it looked like, and that's that, and the um, Optimus has amnesia, and may spend some time as a Decepticon. That was kind of interesting. Those two things. I mean, those are definitely things I've never seen before. Yeah. So that's kind of cool, but. Yeah, I, at this point, I've I've about run out of interesting things uh, to talk about. I for for Comic Con, I could talk more about the things that I thought were going to be there but weren't. Um, <laughs> That's sad, isn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, like uh, I I hate to draw. Well, I don't hate to do it, but as far as just the the podcasting planning side of me, I hate to draw the the 
conversation back towards fighting games, but I thought that when they were going to show a, a new uh, trailer for uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, they were going to announce some new characters. Mm-hmm. And really, they just you know showed some gameplay of some ones that we already knew about. They didn't uh, confirm any of the ones that have recently been teased. Um, mm-hmm. They like the week before Comic Con or a week or two before New York Comic Con, they released several. Um, teaser videos that had a, apparently a bunch of different characters in each video like each tip before it was like one of these teasers where they'd show like you know little bitty pieces like an elbow or you know mm-hmm. a hand or a foot or a back or something of a character and you could you know if you're familiar with the character you could kind of guess who it was yeah um but then, in the, you know, it was just for one character, and then these more recent ones, that, you know, like each video had like uh, three characters in it, and they released like three videos. So I'm like, oh, they're going to do a whole bunch of announcements. Well, they, you know, announced the release date, and I think, you know, special edition, but um, he didn't actually announce any of the of the new characters. So I was a little hmm. disappointed because uh, I'm pretty sure Juries was in uh, one of the new teaser videos so i was really? i was hoping to get to see her but um that didn't happen so i have to wait hmm. a bit anyway um you know i guess we're gonna switch gears a little bit um you and me and jen and liz recently went to a event uh, an event a, a event that's poor grammar on my part. Uh, an event. The internets are going to just uh, they're, they're just right. you over the coals for that one. Right. Yeah. The fuck I'm going to be judged about my grammar by the fucking internet. The internet uh, is just a bunch of grammar sticklers. Oh, yeah. Especially it, on Twitter. Um, but we went to an event in Chattanooga um, where they were having a. Uh, a local um, cook-off for a charity for herb. It's not really charity. It's more of an organization promoting um, sustainable seafood consumption. Yeah. And uh, they had a a cooking competition there uh, emceed by Alton Brown, who of course uh, is the host of Iron Chef. And uh, we got to meet him briefly you know, Jen got his autograph. Uh, I didn't have any, anything for him to sign, so I just kind of said, you know, hi, I love your show. You know, take care, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we got to meet him briefly. And what was really cool about that whole event for me, and I'll get your impressions of it here in a minute, because you'll have far more interesting things to say about the actual event itself than I will. Mm-hmm. But what was really interesting to me was his ability to go into Iron Chef host mode automatically. I mean, there's, uh, I I don't think he uses a teleprompter when they record those shows because he was just doing it on the fly, completely natural, uh, very knowledgeable uh, as you would expect him to be um, right off the bat. So that was, that was really impressive for me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, um, and it, actually that was—I mean, I didn't think about it until you just now said it. But, um, but that was—I mean, again, I guess because you know he's—he's he's been doing the Iron Chef America thing for a while now, so he's—he's he's developed that skill. But it was—it it was really interesting how he would go from signing autographs to okay, be right back, and then go right into MCing. Um, 
but yeah, the it was the event put on by the by the Tennessee Aquarium, um, and the the event itself was actually kind of cool. They had what was it like six or eight chefs from local restaurants in Chattanooga? Was that yeah? And um, and they were given uh, let's see what was it? They were given uh forty dollars cash and an hour to do most of their shopping in it was in the chattanooga market and like half of it was art and half of it was like a farmer's market type thing and uh they had 40 bucks in an hour to do their most of their shopping they had a few pantry ingredients and then they were given a secret ingredient that was one of the sustainable species that the aquarium was um promoting and then they had an hour to cook and they had a bunch of judges but yeah it, it was really cool and it was really um alton was was a really cool guy to meet i've been wanting to meet him for for years actually because i started watching good eats not long after it came on um so i'm thinking early 2000s and i think they started in like 99 yeah um but what was interesting um was before this came up like when i first emailed out about it um dylan who isn't here because he's a jerk um his herpes has really spread and it's it's sad he can't he's gone to his lungs yeah it's it's so bad he can't even podcast right that's that's how bad it is uh i assume um but he had said i when i emailed this out he came he replied and said well have you read his fanifesto i'm like what and um and he said, no, Alton Brown had posted this sort of, these are the rules for meeting him. And gave me the link, and I went and read it. And um, do you, John, do you care if I just go ahead and read the whole thing verbatim? No, go for it. Okay. Um, so bear with me or skip ahead about five minutes, and we can get to us talking about it. But um, let's see, here we go. Uh, greetings. Once upon a time, fans knew what to expect from the fan-celebrity relationship. You could join a fan club, occasionally wait behind a barricade outside some theater or arena, and hope to have a live glimpse alongside a few thousand like-minded friends, buy periodicals featuring said celebrity, or actively stalk, thus risking the wrath of security personnel, both public and private. Today, there are still megastars who fit the old model. George Clooney comes to mind, but the rest of us fit into an ever-widening Warholian spiral of quasi-celebrity. We are the cable-ebrities and the web-ebrities. And unlike the Liz and Dicks of the world, we live, work, eat, shop, worship, and recreate right alongside the rest of you. We don't have gated mansions, entourages, or bodyguards. We wait in lines, drop off the dry cleaning, and interact with regularly with the quote-unquote citizens around us that celebrities speak for non-famous folk. This situation often stretches the very fabric of our society because we just don't have rules for this sort of thing. Since I'm about to go out on a book tour and meet several thousand of you for the first or second or third time, I thought I'd give you my rules for this sort of thing just so we'll be on the same page. First, please know that I sincerely appreciate you. If you are a fan, I'm beyond thrilled that you like my work. Rest assured, should the opportunity arise, I will go out of my way to enhance your fan experience. I will autograph just about anything. I will pose for pictures as long as they're respectfully tasteful and will honestly talk with you without looking over your shoulder at the next person coming down the line, no matter how limited the time. And I will bust my butt to make sure the television program you're watching or book you're reading is the best I can do and fairly priced. Now, if you encounter me out in the world and want an autograph or to take a picture with me, I will say yes if I can possibly manage the time. If I am with my family, I will probably still say yes, but I will want to move away from my family to do so. If you purposely take a picture of my... uh, 
take a picture of my family, I will go freaking ballistic. I'm quasi-famous. They're not. They enjoy certain rights I have sacrificed by choosing to be a K-Belebrity, and as husband and father, I will protect their rights to the fullest. Please don't ask me to talk to someone on the phone. This is crossing the line. I'll sign an autograph for your mom, but I won't, I'm not going to get on the phone and sing her happy birthday. Same for video. Please don't ask me to star in a shout-out to that friend who couldn't be there. It makes us both look creepy. Uh, please understand that social media is very difficult to manage. K-Belebrities can choose to interact with no one at all or a random few, but we can't interact with everyone or we wouldn't get any work done. If you are the kind of person who takes offense at being snubbed on social media, please don't follow or friend me as disappointment is all but guaranteed. When I'm on book tour, I try to keep the physical contact to a minimum. This is for your protection as well as my own. I usually tour during the start of cold and flu season, and I don't want to be responsible for accelerating the spread of what could be potentially a deadly illness. Please respect this effort by not asking me for a hug. Uh, yes, I'll sign things besides books, spoons, cutting boards, mixers, you name it, I'll sign it. But I won't sign living things, not you, not your hamster, not your ferret. I'll sign your cast, but not your arm. This is because hamsters often bite, and most permanent markers are somewhat toxic. Please don't block my exit. One time, a one time on a commercial flight, a guy blocked the aisle and didn't want to let anyone be plain until I signed something for him. My lizard-like brain interpreted this behavior as a threat. Luckily, an air marshal was on the flight and stepped in just as I was considering a range of actions, any of which would have probably resulted in my being barred from future commercial flights. Please don't talk to me in a public restroom. Odds are good I'm there for a specific reason I need to concentrate on what I'm doing. Wait for me outside and I'll be ever so grateful. 99% of fans are completely cool. They understand how to act in public, and they respect my space and time as I do theirs. This is a testament to good old-fashioned manners and a societal code based on common rights. However, fans occasionally mutate into fanatics who develop a sense of entitlement, a sense that their heightened level of fandom puts me in debt of them. I don't see it that way. If you bake me a pie, draw me a picture, or design a website about me, that's great. I appreciate it very much, but I don't owe you a darned thing unless you want $12 for the pie, which is probably fair. Be forewarned, though, I usually don't have any money on me. When tackling large signings, I try to move fast to get you home. I will often ask that families with small children be allowed to come to the front of the line so that they can get out and to bed at a decent hour. This means some of you will have to wait a little longer. Thank you in advance for your patience. What I promise in return for this consideration is never to sit at a signing so my feet will hurt just as bad as yours and to never leave until the last fan has been greeted and their goods duly signed. I never have and will, unless I have a stroke or something, leave fans in the lurch. Concerning photos, I love making memories as much as the next guy, but we're having to put the kibosh on phone pictures because they're slow, ponderous, and most people, not you of course, don't know how to use them. As a result, we end up standing there long enough for an etching, which can be a little awkward. If you want a picture, bring a camera and have it ready. I will have someone with me who is well-versed in its use and will look great when he's done. Again, camera good, phone bad. When it's over, it's over. I'll stay to the last, but then we simply must be going. In most cases, we're flying to the next city right away rather than retiring to the comfort of a local pub or fancy hotel. We've got hours to go before heads hit beds and appreciate your understanding. Well, that about wraps it up. We're looking forward to a great tour and great crowds. I'm proud as heck of this new book and hope you'll find it as useful addition to your library, kitchen, bedroom, bathroom, garage. If any of this above seems vague or confusing, print it out and we'll review when we meet. So that was the Fanifesto. Um, what What... What do you think? What's your reaction? Um, most of that seems uh, fairly fair. Um, the The camera phone thing I'm a little weird about because, I don't know, just as somebody who just has grown up with tech devices, I have no idea how you don't know how to work your, your camera phone if you're trying to take that picture. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the phone thing, it, you know, I kind of get it. Like, I'm used to meeting celebrities at conventions where they're voice actors and they actually 
do that sort of thing because it's like yeah you pay me you know 10 20 bucks and i'll call somebody for you yeah. um we did that when we interviewed spike spencer uh just because i was gonna like you know it, it was it was just a thing because you know nathan's baby had just been uh born that day it was one of those uh i'd probably never do that again but yeah uh sort of a perfect storm of things and he had already you know posted on his website you know you pay me 20 bucks i'll do a phone message so i was like you know here's 20 bucks which of course he grace uh graciously uh declined the money and called nathan anyway and left him a message um sweet but, guy yeah very much so um in in our experience and uh but for alton brown i imagine it's a bit different especially at, at like a book signing that's not what he's there to do he's there to sign a book not you know sit there and, and call you know that's so a good so point forth. That's a really good point because most people we meet are in the context of the convention. Yeah. And that's something where, okay, you're there for between two and four days depending on the convention. Yeah. Um, as is the guest. So maybe they've got more time to entertain that kind of stuff. I mean I guess a signing – and I never thought about this until you said that. Um, I guess a sign a, – a, a strict – you know, I'm at a bookstore or wherever doing a signing, and then I've got to go to the next city for the next signing. Exactly. I it's, guess it's a different in, a different animal. Yeah, it really is because, you know, at a convention, you've typically – unless, you know, for whatever reason, the guest gets there late or they have to leave early to catch their plane back. You usually get like two to three chances to um, – uh, meet them at a signing where they'll do stuff, and as long as you know they don't have to go to the next thing, you know they've got a panel or something to be at. Um, they're usually really good about entertaining most things, as long as you know everybody's cool about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I said, he's he's got a schedule to you know Elton Brown. He's got a schedule to keep too. He's not going to be in one place for you know several days. Exactly. You know, it's, it's not like there's a you know, Food Network Con or anything like that. Uh, though, though, that's, um, you may have just hit on something. You may have just, a Food Network Con. Yeah, I mean, they could hold it in, like, Atlanta, and uh, you could meet uh, Paula Dean, and uh, I could punch uh, Bobby Flay in the face for being a dick. I just uh, don't like him. I just don't. Someone needs to. He's He's in desperate need of a good face punching. Yeah. And and that's gonna be me. That's that's gonna be the incident, isn't it? Yeah. I, I keep waiting for, for one of these uh celebrity encounters that we have to be be in the incident, and that's gonna be the one I think. Yeah. Um that, that's why we're never gonna be invited back. Right. But um but no Atlanta's a good one. 'Cause they're well they're owned by um Oh, who are they owned by? They're owned by Scripps. Yeah. Uh, aren't those guys based out of like Knoxville or something? I believe so. Um, I, I believe that Scripps is based out of Knoxville, and a lot of their cooks and stuff are based around, you know, like Georgia, at least. I know Alton Brown and Paula Dean are. Yeah. I, it um, seems or, to. Or it, York. And, and it seems like, you know, yeah. you can fly them in. That's what I was about to say. It seems like it's the two places. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Part of me says, you know, do it in in Atlanta because it seems like the South would be a little bit closer to their demographic. But I, you know, then again, they may have fans, you know, all around the place. But oh, I'm sure they do. But that's not. I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a bad point. Nevertheless, right. so I like it. Yeah. So that's my letter. 
but nah, um, right my, the fuck ignored. Well, yeah, but that's we're used to that. Yeah. Um, but no, my when I was thinking about it logically after reading this, I was like, you know, and maybe it's because you and I are the ninety nine percent. Um, we, we are? yeah, we're we're the, we're we're the respectful ones. Okay. Where he says 99% of fans are completely cool. Oh, see, I thought you were talking about that that internet thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I still don't know what that is, and I don't care. It's okay. Um, But, I mean, because, I mean, reading that, that, you know, 99% of it, I was thinking, okay, this is how I would have acted anyway. So. Yeah. And, yeah, but the, the phone thing, I was like, okay, that's interesting. I'm, I, I have to assume that came out of a specific incident. Or or several incidents, because um, that's that it's so it's like a lot of it's okay. The bathroom thing makes perfect sense. Um, don't block his exit. Well, I mean, yeah, that's perfect sense. Um, but the phone one is so oddly specific that I think that that had to have arisen out of something. Well, apparently it was it was frequent enough to where it, it was an issue for him, which just seems weird. Yeah, but I have to say, in the actual, and, and I, I don't want to give away any secrets, and maybe because uh, this we we met him. Oh man, this was like I don't. There's no date on the blog on his blog post that I see. It was but, it was before AWA, so it's been about a month ago. Yeah, but I mean, it was shortly before we met him. It's when he put up the Fanifesto, I think. Oh, Within okay. a couple of weeks. So maybe it, as it gets older, it'll be a little more enforced. But I will say this. Um, I know some people did get pictures using phones. And 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 to his credit, um, he never he never made a deal about it. I never saw anybody – I never saw him say anything to anybody about it. Well, it – it was kind of a different event. It wasn't like it was it was part of his book tour either. True. Um, wasn't technically, yeah. Um so it, I don't know. Um it it wasn't that big of a line. I mean there there was always a line for him, but I mean it moved pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, they did a good job of, of handling the line. And um and he and he was serious. He really did have a guy there to take the picture for you. Um which was actually really cool because I, I would love to see that at like conventions, like when they're doing like a signing line or something. It would be really cool if they, if the, if the convention or whatever had a person there, had a staff that, member. Yeah, because it's it's such. I mean, I always I always feel horrible asking the person behind me, "Hey, can you take this picture?" Yeah. Because um, I don't like imposing upon people for one, and for the other, I don't know that they can work the camera. And I don't want to assume that they can and find out that, oh, it's somehow he, they took the picture upside down um, and in Spanish yeah, and backwards. Um, and my head's not there. That sort of stuff. Um, so that, I thought that was actually really, really cool. And and I really – it would be kind of cool because it, it's, it's – what I like about this is it sets out – a very clear set of rules. So there's no, I really, cause I've, had, I've done this a couple of times where I did ask, you know, could you do this? And they said, I'm sorry, I don't do that. And then I'm like, man, I feel like a jerk for having asked. And, right. I, and I hate that I was turned down too. And I really like knowing ahead of time, okay, this is what's okay. That, 
I just think it's really cool and and would love it if more celebrities actually did this kind of thing. So where you could look it up, like, oh, I'm going to meet this person at this thing. Okay, they don't want to sign my gerbil, so I guess I'll leave it at home. That sort of stuff. Um, I, and I'm actually kind of surprised. I, I, I would, well, okay, I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, if I saw, like, conventions do this kind of thing. Like a general... And maybe they do, and I'm just not aware of it. These sort of rules for meeting guests. Here's what's okay, here's what's not. Just <laughs> to keep order. Because conventions can get, can get kind of unruly. I mean, it's going to draw its its number of the um, the mutated fanatics, as he says. So, I don't know if we'll, if we'll see more things like this. This is the first of this nature that I've seen. Yeah, and... I can think of a handful of other people that could uh, probably benefit from some sort of fanifesto. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like, uh, well, you know, it, I think we can all probably guess a handful of very popular uh, anime convention guests that could that could benefit from having gotcha. a little bit more order around them and their and their fans. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, well, but it's nice to know people's rules. It's like, um, and I don't know if... Uh, and take Spike Spencer for instance, and I don't know if, if he's like this everywhere, but like he doesn't, because uh, I think it was him. He doesn't shake hands. Yeah, he he fist bumps. Yeah, and he and he had a very good explanation for that, being that he said, you know, my voice is my living. I can't afford to get sick. Right. And I mean, who's going to disagree with that? Right. So I mean, so it's it's it. it you know, I mean, that because that didn't bother me, the the fist bumping thing. That was cool. But he also explained, this is why I do it. It's not because yeah, I'm weird. It, 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 yeah, it set me back for a moment until, until you know, that was explained. I was like, oh, well, you know, duh. And yeah, that's I'm okay part with of, that. And that's part of what I like about the Fanifesto, too, is it's, it's, I mean, most of it is common sense. But even so, he also explains a lot of it, that right. this is why I do it. Um, so it's not just him being a jerk and making up a bunch of rules. So I, I'm probably we're we're probably some of the few people on the internet that were like, way to go, Alton. Yeah. Well, we we've had enough um, interactions with with a lot of what Alton calls the the quasi celebrities, the cable celebrities, because we deal with you know. Anime and video game voice actors, which are sort of their own monster of celebrity, in in that same vein of you know sort of niche, um, very specific fandom. But you know we've, especially you know this last year, had enough interactions with them, and kind of understand a lot of uh, the challenges that they face dealing with their fans and uh, some of their concerns. Where you know when when I see something like Alton Brown's manifesto, it doesn't really phase me because I, I look at it from a different perspective. Yeah. Um, whereas everyone else, you know, it's one of those. Especially if you haven't, we, we've we've been very fortunate in that we've gotten to meet a lot of people that you know their work we admire uh, over yeah. the years, and and been even more fortunate to actually have the opportunity through this podcast to. Uh, speak with a lot of them um, for extended amounts of time 
Um, but you know, if if you're a fan and you know you don't go to these events a lot, and it's a it's one of those things where I won't say that the more you do it, it the less of a big deal it becomes, but um, you sort of have a, a, a greater understanding of what to expect um, because, they, uh, you know, all of these folks face similar challenges and have similar yeah um, concerns about, you know, public events like this. And once you sort of understand that and sort of know what to expect and what the protocol is, um, it, there's there's less of a chance for you to get upset when something isn't that picture perfect moment that you've been dreaming of for months. True. Because uh, because after a while, uh, reality starts to set in, and <laughs> and you know that you know they might be great people, and you know you might want to talk to them forever, but you know at some point. You know, you're gonna have to move on. Let the next uh, person yeah. in line have a turn. And after, and and and, and it's not just. I mean, it, and you wouldn't have to be in our position either. If you go to like a uh, a bunch of different conventions, if you've been going to conventions for several years, I mean, you build up the same experience. I mean, you know, you kind of you 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 suddenly start getting the flow of things. Yeah, and and you understand. Okay, then I, I um. I kind of know now how I need to act. I mean, stand in line long enough, and you'll probably witness one of that guy. Yeah, definitely. And once you've seen that, then you pretty well know that you don't want to be that, so you're not going to be. Right. So. Anyway. What 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 else? Um, I I don't know because it's it's hard to talk about it without getting into like some sort of deep discussion of all the interviews we've done in the last year and and some of the folks that we've gotten to meet. So, um, try trying to avoid that too much because it seems like it's a little bit of uh, it seems a bit self indulgent. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I I, th- I think we've we've covered the bases there uh, pretty well. But uh, it, smooth segue. Um, Talking about uh, conventions and everything, uh, we're going to be at uh, GMX, uh, the Geek Media Expo in Nashville, um, this coming weekend, uh, the weekend of, uh, what are the dates, October 21st through the 23rd um, <gasps> in Nashville. Uh, shock. Run, yeah, shock. Uh, run by the, the same folks who did uh, Middle Tennessee Anime Convention, MTAC. And, uh, so if you like MTAC... You may as well plan on attending this. Yeah, it's it's really more uh, something akin to uh, Dragon Con or, or Comic Con, and that's sort of a multi-geek fandom as opposed to um, just strictly anime. In fact, eh, there's there's very little in the way of, of anime that's that's in the way of programming at yeah. GMX, and uh, you know we went last year and uh, and did some panels, and last year it was. A very different experience from what I'm used to at MTech because it was a lot smaller. Yeah. I mean, the venue was smaller. Um, you could walk around it in like five minutes and mm-hmm. see everything. Um, there were a few guests. Um, and, and it just seemed kind of like a more subdued experience. But yeah. this year, um, they moved to a larger venue uh, and they are 
just going it, it seems like they're just going all out i think when we were talking with holly i don't remember if this was said on air or not but you know i made some mention of uh you know gmx it, like they were really going all out on gmx and she made the comment of you know it's kind of our third year you know we we think that you know by this point you know it should be sort of a you know if if we're gonna do it you know this is the year to do it mm-hmm. uh, sort of feeling but they've got i think over 50 guests something i mean it's it's if you go to the guest page it just keeps on going it's a ridiculous list um they they are sparing uh no expense on this they're really not and, and i'm upset that we're not on that guest list I mean, <laughs> 50 what's 51 honestly you're, you're not gonna have to pay us just just put us up there <laughs> i mean come on guys for oh, us wow. for us um oh. anyway <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm gonna start sticking my hand out. I'm just gonna put it back in my pocket now. Um, but yeah, but I'm really impressed with what they've got this year. They said that they, you know they're gonna have events across like ten floors of this hotel. Really? Yeah. Um, Dang. And one thing I'm excited about because uh, you know I had a similar experience at, at MA Week Atlanta that I talked about in depth. But uh, Game Galaxy Arcade, which is in Nashville, they're going to be setting up a game room uh, at GMX. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, uh, Game Galaxy Arcade uh, does a lot of fighting game tournaments and things like that. So I'm 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 tingly. Are we expecting a, a setup like uh, Awa had? The, That's what the... I'm hoping for. That's that... really what I'm hoping for. Because that was pretty sweet. It would it would be cool to see to see them pull that off. Because my understanding is that they're they're supposed to have some arcade games and things like in there, so I'm hoping for a similar setup with, no. hopefully, you know, some of the same games and some different ones as well. That would be awesome. That yeah. and I um I was I don't remember what I was doing, but Elizabeth was looking through just the programming and reading off some of it to me, and she just kept on going. I mean, they've got. Because uh, I was, I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll take a look too and see. And and, and you just have to give up after a while. Mm-hmm. There's, I mean, th- because the list just keeps on going. And some of the stuff that that she brought up, uh, one of the, oh, I can't, I've, I've suddenly forgotten their name. Um, it's a, it's a band that's gonna be part of their steampunk thing. Um, oh crap, I'm trying to find it. Was it the aeronauts i don't know um i can't find it anyway uh she was listening to some of their songs and i overheard some of that and it was it was really good um and of course guest wise they're gonna have uh jim and pizzazz which is which is just so weird right i i am i can only assume that at some point during the convention um, Patricia Albrecht is going to try to ruin uh, uh, ruin Samantha Newark's life and maybe kill her. Right. Uh, I, I just I, I figured that's how it has to go. Once you get them in the same room, um, they will revert to characters. Yes. Um, um, so if there's if there's an attempted murder at GMX, we know what happened. Um, exactly. So gonna, keep your eyes out. They're gonna have the voice of Glados from um, Portal. Oh yeah, uh, she's gonna be there. Um, Jason Charles Miller, who's been in um, 
a lot of video games. Um, was in Street Fighter Four. Um, let's see, he was in uh, Avatar, the cartoon. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he was in uh, Morbido. Uh, he oh, was wow. Urabe and Kogios. Um, Dang. Yeah, he's he's been in a lot of stuff. Um, he's going to be there. Um, honestly, and and this is what this is what you get when you get me at a place like uh, Dragon Con, where there's a lot of different fandoms that are being uh, represented there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you end up with a lot of people that I've never heard of because I'm not <laughs> into those fandoms. Like yeah. Once, once you get outside of video games and anime and into like sci-fi and literature, mm-hmm. um, and and uh, steampunk and things like that, um, my interest goes way down. So, um, you know, it, it's like, oh wow, you know, they've got, uh, you know, the the eighties singer Tiffany there, and I'm like, okay, great. You know, she she did she did a song. You know, you know, and and for a lot of people, it's a, it's a big deal. I've seen a lot of positive reaction to her being there. Oh wow, cool. You know, for me, it's just like okay, that's a thing. Or or uh, you know, to to your mention, you know, Jim and the holograms. It's like I remember watching that as a kid. You know, that's that's nice that they're gonna be there. Um, yeah. Oh, I I. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna try my damnedest to see them at some point because I've been watching. It, it it just so happens that that show is on as I'm getting ready for work, and there is not else on TV at that time. So I end up watching. So I've I've watched the entire series now. Yeah. Um. Wow. I and I don't think I could do it again. But it's just it's so 80s. But uh. So I guess I guess the point is there it really is going to be something for everyone. Yes, absolutely. Um and, and I think they've done an excellent job of just you know putting a event together that's that's going to have broad appeal. Um and a lot and, and what's I mean what seems neat is with the number of guests and the amount of programming I'm going to have to guess that regardless of what fandom you're into, there's going to be enough to keep you busy the entire convention. It won't, I don't, it doesn't seem like there's going to be a case of, Oh, I'm into this. Um, there's, you know, an hour of programming for this and then there's nothing else to do for me. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, they're going to have a lot of events. Um, they're going to have a slave auction, um, (laughs) including some of the guests, you know, it's, it's like a mix of volunteers and guests. Um, I'm I'm really I'm really tempted to go to that. Just like uh, save up some money and and you know put in a bid. That's cool. That that's cool. I, I'm gonna make a pity bid on somebody. I just have that feeling, like someone's gonna get up there, and no one's gonna bid. And I'm gonna be like, all right, you know, here's twenty bucks. Try to just make the opening bid on absolutely everybody. I think I will. I think I will. That's that is cool, and they've got like a um, uh, steampunk pavilion, which that's cool. Um, they're doing uh, oh, they're doing like a cha- they're doing their own charity auction. Yeah, um, they're doing some kind of Doctor Who mystery thing, which I she was I, Elizabeth was reading that off to me, and I don't remember exactly what it said, but it sounded pretty cool. 
um, Jason Charles Miller, who I was talking about a few months ago, he also, um, he's one of those voice actors that also performs and sings. He's going to be doing like an acoustic show. Oh. Um, let's see. Um, some of the, uh, I'm just going through some of these events. Um, sci-fi trivia channel or challenge channel. Um, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Hold on, here's one. Uh, they're gonna have breakfast at the hotel, um, mm-hmm. but they're going to uh, be showing cartoon, like Saturday morning cartoons. Dude. Yeah, so they're gonna have a, a little event there. Um. Oh, apparently they're doing a game of human chess. That sounds incredibly boring. I, I'm not even gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Um. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one of those things where uh, it sounds more fun than it is, but it's going to be a lot of standing around. Maybe, I don't know. I may have to drop in on that one. Um, oh, there was one she read off to me that just sounds weird. Um, the kilt blowing. Did you see that one? No. Um, guys, come on stage wearing kilts. And there is a, a couple people with leaf blowers um, trying to uh, lift their kilts up. Uh-huh. I don't know how that's going to happen. Because um, the, 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 the listing gives pretty much no rules other than that. So I, I don't know how much penis people are going in there expecting to see. But – Whatever it is, there's probably going to be a, a large quotient. So I'm not going to be going to that thing. No, no, it's probably a little more penis than I'm comfortable with. Right. Probably <laughs> a lot more penis than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> um, now, they're going to be doing a Mario party, um, you know, because it's, it's Mario's 25th anniversary. Yeah. And uh, they're going to have a, a Mario Kart uh, rally where you uh, decorate a cardboard box and then uh, run around in it, I guess. Uh, so I guess there's going to be a race. Um, Interesting. That's that's going to suck I, because I'm a fat bastard that can't run for shit. I mean, if it was like downhill <laughs> like on a steep slope, I think, I think I'd do pretty well. Uh, but, you know. Fuck that shit, man. I, I kind of want to see it, though. And I'm hoping there's like a hobo that shows up and just <laughs> takes on the boxes and makes himself a house. Right. Screw you guys. I made a house. They're, they're going to do uh, Mario Pinata and pin the stash on the Mario. Uh, the Pinata I can probably get behind. I wouldn't get behind the pinning. No. That, that would hurt. No. Um... Oh, what are now? What are did did we say yet? What we're doing there? Um, we have not. We're going to be doing um the podcasting one on one panel, and the nonfiction for geeks panel. Our D and D panel sadly did not get approved for this year because they had um so, uh, some other folks that were going to be doing. I, I think one of their guests. Oh, a D and D panel. So, uh, hmm, that's kind of cool. That. Yeah, it's it's cool. It sucks for us because that was far and away our most popular panel. Uh, yeah, uh, and Dylan's gonna be doing his um, Xbox Live uh, XNA 
uh, panel again this year. Um, right, we should definitely show up to that just to uh, heckle him. You know, I I thought about it. I went to it last year, and you know, not being a developer, it was just like, uh, well, it's kind of like what that was the it, temptation was just to heckle. It, it well, it's the it's the it, same it's the same it's the same thing that that inspires us when we're watching game marks. Yeah, when, when we're in the game marks chat. That's why we troll the game marks chat. Yeah, is because oh, they're talking about sunburn. I I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know what they're saying. God bless them. I have no clue. What they're trying. Saying. They're trying. We should make signs and sit in the back and hold them up. Yes. Don't don't tell Dylan we're gonna do that. Yeah, don't don't listen to this podcast. We need to get some markers and some poster board. Um so that's cool. I, I still don't know uh I know Dylan gave me some notes, so I don't know exactly how the nonfiction for geeks thing is gonna play out. It ought to be cool though. I mean, um he and I have read a lot of the same books over the past uh year, I guess. Several months, but but maybe closer to a year. So it's going to be kind of interesting um, if we can remember what we've read. I'm sure he can, but I may or may not be able to. But we've read some uh, you know, stuff like uh, Malcolm Gladwell stuff and um, Freakonomics and uh, – oh, shoot, what else? Some other sort of neuroscience or economics type stuff. I, I'm about to finish the psychopath test. I don't know if we'll. I don't know if he plans on talking about that one or not because I know he finished as well, but only very recently, and he already had his notes put together before then. Um, so it 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 has the potential to be interesting. We'll see. It it can only be as boring as Dylan and I are, which unfortunate, which is unfortunate for for anyone that shows up. Well, I'll I'll probably jump in there. Uh, I haven't read any of the books that you guys have. Um, I'm I'm aware of Freakonomics and some of the the thing the concepts presented in it. Okay. Um, particularly, um, Freakonomics came up when uh, the whole uh, Justin Wong throwing a match at an event uh, went down. Oh, um, well, that makes sense. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, um, but. Uh, I, the only nonfiction book that I've read in ages um, was um, The Anguish of Surrender. So mm-hmm. um, I'll be talking about that, which which I really do. And and the, there's not a bit of facetiousness attached to that, to this uh, statement. I feel like it should be mandatory reading in our schools. You know, when, when you discuss World War II, you should, you know, at like a high school or college level, you should have to, to read that book. Cool. Um, just because it, it gives a very interesting perspective on uh, the Japanese mindset during World War II that I don't think um, I've ever received in you know high school or college. Awesome. So it, it, I think it's shaping up to be, be pretty good. Um, and the convention as a whole, I think – I mean it seems like it's yeah. – I, I think we're really going to enjoy ourselves. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be doing some work, yeah. But um, I think for the most part, I think we're going to enjoy it. Um, I know Dylan's going to be there as early as Friday, and then you and I and everybody else will show up Friday probably, night. Yeah, probably so late as to not be able to get in any of the convention. Well, I, I don't think the convention starts until like six that evening. Um, oh, really? Yeah, 
It starts it starts pretty late. It doesn't start in the middle of the day like most other conventions. I think they technically call it 48 hours of cool because I think it, it actually starts at like 6 p.m. and runs until uh, the same time on Sunday. Okay, so maybe... So we'll, we'll probably be able to catch uh, quite a few things because um, we'll probably get there around, I'm guessing, 10, 30, 11. Um, okay, maybe we'll make good time and... Yeah. Be able to get there in time for something. Yeah, but there's um, not. We'll we'll be there in, in full force on Saturday. So if any of you guys are around, um, feel free to say hi. We'll be wearing our chainsaw buffet shirts. We'll be the only people that that are wearing them. I promise. Because I they're so it. exclusive, and nobody else be, wants one except for Doc. Have, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! You got to know the password and the handshake. Right. I will. I'll, and hey, I'll give you a hint. It ends. I'll give you the last two steps of the handshake. It is uh, blow it up and dance it down. Right. And if you can figure out the rest of it, then hey, you can. I, I don't know. I, maybe you can you can give us money and we can try to give you a t-shirt. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you can buy one. Yeah, somewhere. Um, but not from us because we didn't make enough. But. Um, and part of the reason, besides the fact that we're going to be there, uh, that we're bringing up GMX, is um, in try in, in scheduling the 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 interview with Holly. We were also trying to get Lucas, and unfortunately, he wasn't able to make it to AWA. And then we were going to try and get him on the the podcast uh, in the intervening weeks between AWA and and GMX. Um, but scheduling was kind of was becoming kind of an issue. Not not on his part, on on our part. Um, yeah, because we've been very, very busy this month, and we'll continue to to be so. Unfortunately, yeah, we've we, but no, I mean, no, but a lot of it, you know, no excuses. It's it's on me. Um, I was supposed to to get that scheduled. Uh, Lucas, though, has been, you know, good enough to to work out some arrangements where hopefully we're still going to get an interview with him. Which I, you know, we're we're looking forward to. Yeah, hopefully sooner than later, because we we certainly yeah. have a lot to talk about from uh, last time he was on the show. Which I believe, if if I'm not mistaken, the last time we had him on the show was the AWA before the first GMX. Was that it is not? correct? That is correct. So you're talking essentially three years. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. There's a lot that's happened since then, and. And now we get to talk about, you know, we were talking about the upcoming, you know, GMX, the new convention. Well, now they're going to have three years under their belt. Um, it, I think you'll have some some cool stuff to say. Um, but in 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 preparing for this, I did ask him, you know, is there anything else you want us to to get out there about it? Because we're hoping to have this up, you know, before uh, before the event. And uh, let's see. He said uh, the biggest news includes uh, third year convention. And it's a lot of stuff that we've already kind of talked about, touched on. Um, third year convention with around 50 guests. Uh, apparently, they've blown away last year's pre registration numbers. Um, I'd be interested to see what, what those are. Um, and they have so many events that they barely have room for them all. Which is nice, yeah. uh, including the special areas like the steampunk pavilion and the outdoor theater, which I think is going to be 
showing like a whole bunch of different movies, if if I recall the the description correctly. Um, and he wanted us to let people know that uh, let's see, please feel free to also advise folks that shuttles will run to Watkins College nearby for overflow parking. Oh, great! So hopefully, you know, no matter where you got to park, it, it you should be able to get there without too much trouble. So that, that's and that's really cool that they're actually going to be running a shuttle because I remember them talking about the possibility before they got into this new um this new venue for uh MTAC, I, I do recall there I do recall hearing about discussions they were having about, well, what if we have to do, you know, shuttles between hotels or something like that. So they're man, they, I don't I don't know how they organize all this. But, yeah. But damn. So I think I think that pretty well covers our GMX stuff. Um, the only two notes I wanted to add were um, okay. One, it's it's only it's only ten. Uh, well, no, this one is for anyone anyone planning to attend GMX. Um, I want to go ahead and apologize for you not being able to attend uh, because I, I was reading this uh, Harold Camping. The uh, I think he's a pastor that had, had predicted that the world was going to end on uh, last May 21st. Bad news. Um, he he has admitted that his calculations were off. Shock. Um, and it's it, the world's really going to end on October 21st. So, all, all of you who who are going to attend GMX, sorry about the world ending. No, it's going to happen at MTech, like we talked about with Holly. You know, it's going to be some sort of you know cataclysm that's going to kill us all. It, quite Cause, possibly because it happens at MTech every year. You know, swarm of locusts. You know, tornado, flood. Uh, but that's all assuming that maybe maybe that's what maybe that's maybe our calculations were off. Oh, it seems so obvious that it would be MTech, but no, we probably missed some verse in the Bible that if you took the first letter, letter of every sentence would come up with a mathematical equation that would tell you in fact, no, it's the MTech people, but it's actually GMX. Oh, okay. So, so sorry, you know. I, I I can assure you that, that I will not be raptured, and I have a sneaking suspicion that you won't be either. Hey, now, you don't – yeah, you're right, damn it. <laughs> uh, so I guess this entire time we really should have been saying this is what we were going to do at GMX. This is what there was going to be at GMX. Um, but you won't be there. None of us none of us will. Well, or maybe we all will. Maybe when the rapture happens, we'll all still be hanging out, and we, maybe we can go ahead and have a convention. Yeah, that would be great. So enough, uh, enough of us will be there to, to kind of run the show. I'd say at least forty percent, but it's probably we're probably looking at more like eighty percent of the people will probably still be around. Right, right. Because uh, because because it's a nerd convention and and nerds are horrible people. It's true. We're all awful people. Um, I guess the only other thing I want to touch, and this is only tangentially related, um, because uh, Nico had put on um, Twitter that. I believe he said something about he was going to crush me. Yeah. Um, and this was following a statement on a, on a previous episode, something about me crushing him. You know, I just want to say that this is another case of the liberal media um, twisting what I'm saying. Uh, and 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 Chainsaw Buffet is is a well known leftist. Um, Liberal, commie, secret Muslim, no birth certificate having podcast. That's fact. 
That's fair. So, so I mean, we can't be surprised that because I, I, I said no such thing. Um, when I said something about a crush and Nico, I was saying that um, I find him handsome and would like to share an orange soda with him. Uh, so those were the those were the two places where they got crush. And um, and you know it's a lot of work backpedaling. Uh, it's probably just easier to crush him. All right. So let's let's just go with the first thing. Let's just screw it, uh, Nico. We will destroy you. <laughs> uh, we we haven't figured out how yet, but uh, we're cooking something up. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I hope I hope uh, everyone out there has enjoyed the uh, John and Charlie tag team. Uh, it's the John and Charlie show. Yeah, it's, we're it's like the regular podcast without uh, Dylan's uh, snark. Yeah, it's kind of, we we're missing the zazz, aren't we? Yeah, I was about to say, unfortunately, you and I are far too agreeable with with one another um, to have an interesting discussion about anything. We. We suck. So uh, I'm not going to tell Dylan that. No. As far as uh, let's okay, everybody, just if you see Dylan, tell him, oh man, that episode while you were gone, that was so good. Yeah, make you sure you be- tell him that this was your favorite episode. Uh, in yeah, and, and say you were you were just you you can't believe you he you think Dylan must be so angry that the that the podcast was so much better without him and that he was left out, and then ask him about his herpes. Yes. Ask, ask him how that's going, because he will tell you in great detail, I am sure. Yes, he, he will have a very vivid response to that. Yeah, and if he denies it, um, you know, uh, that just clues me into the fact that it happened. One word, Valtrex. Yeah. Uh, three words, follow the money. Yes. And why, am I, why are we the only people asking these questions? You know, he never he never talks about it. He never talks about his herpes. He never just brings it up. You yeah. have to ask him. Isn't that suspicious? And then and then when he brings it up, he he gets rather agitated about it, which which clearly shows he has something to hide. Exactly. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. That's 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 enough of us dicking around, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, everybody. <laughs> It, you're 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 real troopers. We appreciate you listening, and uh, see you at GMX. God bless you, so that maybe you'll not make it to GMX because of the rapture. Right. <laughs> <laughs>